Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. All right, well, we rolled up here to Glen Burnie today in a great, actually a great office building that I didn't realize exist on Crane Highway, but we're here to talk with Ashrar John Sukharov. Did I get the name right? Yes, you got it right. Okay. And you do shorten the first name to John, right? Correct. And I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny how we got connected. I received an email from you about a an event that you were having as well as a book that you've got possibly coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay, who's this guy and what's his story? Yes. And as I read about it, I said, oh, I got to find out a little bit more about this guy. You've got an amazing story and I, I, we do want to get a little bit into that, but you immigrated to the United States back in 2005? Correct. And you had, the story goes that you had $200 in your pocket? Yes. And one little suitcase full of clothing? Correct. Here we are, less than 20 years later. Yes. Um, we are now in 2023, and you now own a commercial cleaning company? Correct. You own this building here in Glen Burnie, which yes. you have now um, subletted out several other businesses uh, to the thing. You have a book that is being published, and you're a published author. You're a motivational speaker. Yes. You're developing a very cool app that we want to get into. Yes. And you are a huge advocate for information for immigrants that are looking to come in to the United States because, I mean, I guess you've you know, yes. been there, done that, and gotten the T-shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did I miss anything? No. Uh, well, yes, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a loving... Um, husband and uh, father to two adorable daughters and then one little tiny Superman. And they keep you on your toes? They do all the time. And you have all your hair at this point, so I guess you're in some of it. You must be doing a good job. <laughs> must be doing a good job. I guess we start at the beginning. I mean, you are a native of Uzbekistan. Correct. How, how did we get to Glen Burnie? First of all, John, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and uh, for allowing me to share my story. And I hope this will encourage other people to do braver things and achieve greater results and or learn from my mistakes. Well, that's the best way to learn. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, maybe not the best way to learn, but I mean, you certainly, they're good lessons. That, that's true. So um, Hollywood, and, and I'll explain. Um, I come from a Soviet Union country where everything was closed down. We were behind the Iron Curtain. So the access to jeans, jazz, Coca-Cola, None of that existed, nor the privatization or a dream of having a big house. So after the collapse, when the USSR collapsed and Uzbekistan became an independent country, we start opening up for the world. And that's when we start seeing the other side of the world, the Western side, which actually was a much more beautiful and different perspective than it was painted for us by the USSR. Makes sense. So now we start seeing... These beautiful houses, a two-car garage, a pet flocking in a house, and big roads, like full store, grocery stores full of produce and etc. And then, you, and, and a perception was you actually don't even have to work in this country because if you were to go to this dream country, which is called America, then 
all this is accessible for you. So that that's basically why I say it's a Hollywood because I wanted to have a part of this dream and participate in it. Well, I'll tell you, Crane Highway is nothing like Rodeo <laughs> Drive. All right, just a little bit. You got a little room to work there. But so, I mean, how how did you? I mean, did you just decide that we want to move to America? Now, yeah. did you have a family back then at that time? Uh, a cousin that I knew uh, distantly, I've seen only once or twice in my life, and he was he happened to be in Reisterstown Road in Baltimore. Okay, so that's that was somewhat your connection here to Maryland. There. Correct. Um, now, your family, your your wife and your children and everything else was uh, when you came to the U.S. Is that's when you met? Co- correct. Okay, so you you're here in Maryland. Yes. Uh, with your two hundred dollars, and you probably had a little bit more than that after you you know a little bit, but your two hundred dollars and your Suitcase. Yes. How how do we get to own Interworld Cleaning? Yes. It was a, it was Colorado where I landed actually. Okay. So I I qualified for H two B visa, which is an unqualified workforce up to six month visa, where you arrive, and the promise was this is after the country opened up and we start getting visas. The promise was that I would come and I was working in a hospitality business back there and I would do the hospitality here, front desk and or serving tables. And my so-called then employer just got me into deception and put me in a place that I had no idea what I, it wasn't what I was promised or signed up for. I found myself in traps with 12 others literally in a single trailer, middle of nowhere in suburbs of Colorado. And I remember this little phone that we only had in there and a bulky TV, no car, no transportation. And I still remember calling my mom and saying like, hey, she's like, how's America? I'm like, amazing. Back then there were no video calling, right? So we used to use those cards that you would buy for $5 and you had X amount of minutes to call. So I'd say, mom, it's amazing. The roads are so wide and no potholes. Every single pole on the street is lit. It's really cool. Even in my little kitchenette where I live, there's like a sugar and there's something else that is sweet and it's called splendid. I don't know why, but it's sweet. So it's amazing. <laughs> um, but I, of course, you would always held the information that would make her feel stressed. And I was really being depressed. Not, not depressed, but really stressed at the border of depression because... I was thinking, here I come from a country which is not developed to the most powerful country on the planet and think that, oh, yes, I will be wearing a jacket or a tie and a bow tie serving tables or welcoming people. Right, and money is just Correct. thrown at you, thrown, you know. And- <laughs> Correct. But they put me here in this situation where they just pick me up and drop me off. The, I don't see the money. Money flows from them. They give us money and they put us in a um, cleaning basically turning the rooms and the housekeeping in the rooms. Mm-hmm. So all that felt very depressing to at that point. And we didn't even have enough beds for all of us to sleep. So you can imagine the, the circumstances where it, it's like when you're, when you're perceived re- reality doesn't meet what you expect. It almost sounds like, a, like what you hear the stories on cruise ships. And, yeah. And, you know, where the, the, the staff is just, Working, 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 and there's just such a huge gap between even the, I don't want to say the poorest, but I mean, even the lower middle income or higher lower income folks can afford a cruise yeah. out of, you know, Baltimore, or even Miami or something like that. But yet it's just a fraction of what's being paid to the crew that's essentially just being some sort of indentured servant type yeah. to a degree. Yeah. 
That's exactly how I felt too, probably. Um, wow, okay, so you had enough. I and, did. But, but the opportunity was here. Exactly. I mean, it, that's, I guess, why you went out on your own. Yes, yes. The opportunity was here. I called my cousin, who I'd seen before only once in my life, or twice maybe, and I just don't remember because I was then little. So he says, how, how are you doing? And, and then I opened up to him. I'm like, dude, I feel bad. Like, I want to cry at night. And I like the circumstances are bad. They're intolerable. What are my options? He's like, well, how much longer your visa is valid for? I'm like, well, I still have like two or three months to go. He's like, okay, um, how do you spell your first name and last name? I'm like, my last name is like yours. My first name, I spelled it. And we were on the plane and he just literally bought a ticket for me to fly me out from Colorado to here. But before he said, dude, did you get your social security number? I'm like, what is it? It's like, well, we all have it. It's newly implemented. It's going to, we're all going to have it. And this is how your history and everything is linked. I'm like, oh, that's like a barcode on a chicken and egg and stuff. He's like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's exactly what it is. But you need it. I'm like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. So um, I'm like, I don't care about this. I don't think I need the number. I've been like 20 some years without the number. I'm like, do I need it? He's like, I think you do. But I'm like, uh can you get me out? He's like, yes. So um, he buys me a ticket. He says, you're flying out. Tell your employer. So I go to my employer and I tell them. And then what they do is they, they get other people from the other trailers because uh-huh. we were located in a trailer um, town or house. And he, he, he puts all of us in the literally in, our, in my trailer where, we, where I was living. Um, on that small coffee table, he throws this thick immigration book on top. And, and tries to make an example and says, dude, A, you won't be able to fly and get to Maryland. And if you do, at the trap, they will catch you and send you back. And because of people like you, the other people from your country won't be able to come. And then he looks at others that are like just literally like in fear and have no idea what's going on. And like, look, make an example. Again, afraid, uncertain, I still call he told me call 311, but by accident, I, I dialed 911. <laughs> <laughs> Police officer just showed up. Okay. And she's like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Well, even before that, though, when I pick up the phone and start dialing 911, um, it says, like, for English, press one, para español, press uno, dos. I'm like, what is this? Nobody told me. Right, right, right. <laughs> where, where, where's Russian? <laughs> yes. So, um, but then... Um, Eventually, she helped me to get a cap. The cap is where I spent most of the $200 that I had in my pocket to get to the airport because my cousin had bought the tickets for me to the airplane and he was welcoming for me and greeting me in BWI. You're here in Baltimore? Yes. Or Catonsville, I think you said? Well, yes. Now now in Catonsville. I live in Catonsville, but my office is in Glen Burnie. What were you doing for a living? I mean, how did you start... Yeah. Start here. And I mean, I, I know at one point you jumped ship and said, I, I've got to work for myself Correct. as opposed to somebody else. Correct. Um, did you start in the housekeeping or yes. service industry when you came to Maryland? Yeah. Anything that would pay me legally to, to work, um, cleaning, moving, parking cars, uh, a little bit of construction, uh, waiting tables. So I wasn't selecting. I didn't come here to select. I didn't come here to be selective. My goal was to earn money, pay back a little bit of loan that I had uh, back home, assist them, and then get back on my feet. So it's not like I have an option to choose or a comfort to choose, nor my mindset was set to it. So I just didn't care what work I would do as long as I would get paid and it was legal. 
Okay. And the as far as the cleaning, now Interworld Cleaning is a commercial cleaner. Primarily, yes. And how did that start? I mean, were you working in the cleaning industry before and just said, I'm good at this? Yes. My last employer, who happens to be an awesome employer, and quite frankly, all of my employers are great, even those who brought me here and by deception, because now looking back, I can tell that if this wouldn't happen, you and I would not be sitting here. So my last employer was a home improvement company with the real estate and they were doing real estate as well. And I learned a lot. They, they trusted and they taught me a lot how to manage the office, how to handle the bills, pre-screening, etc. Because I was doing quite a bit for them. And I learned a ton from them. But also at the same time, I saw what we were paying out to cleaners and the server level of service we were receiving for it. Unresponsiveness and or um, pushback we were getting from it and the amount of money we were paying. So I'm like hey, um, this is inefficient. It can be way better. It can be at least smoother experience. It doesn't have to be like this. So after three years working for them, I go to my ex-boss, Kirsten Brecht, and one of them, and Joey Yaffe, and then I get their blessing, and Kirsten says, look, uh, you have my blessing if you promise you're going to be wildly successful. Otherwise, stay here. I'm like, okay, I'll go and take risks. And this is when I started my um, the inner world cleaning. But that was first residential. Because when I started, my, my odds were, I don't have a degree. I don't speak perfect English. I'm not Caucasian. I don't have enough money. I don't have connections, right? So I waited out the options that I had. I'm like, okay, so the easiest with what I have, the tools, is clean. Because I take what I have in my house. I know how to clean. Like everybody knows, this, all, the, all I need to figure out how to get the customers. And that's how it started. So one residential led to another. Then that led to, uh, hey, I have an office. Do you want to clean an office? And then I go to an office and she's like, how about the carpets? The carpets are stained. Do you, do you know how to do the carpets? I'm like, no, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then that, that's let keep, keep letting us. And sw- eventually we transitioned more into a commercial world. That's wild. Now, how large is Inner World Cleaning now? I mean, how many employees do you have? Yeah, we, we have um, about 30 people that work on a daily basis for us. We That's are awesome. about $120,000 in monthly recurring revenue. So that puts us about $1.4 million or so. That's great. And you are working on a franchise-type model with it, correct? We franchised, correct. We never got to sell the franchise, the model to, to them, mm-hmm. uh, to franchisees yet. But yes, we are franchised. You just seem to be coming from an angle of doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, going back into Colorado, okay, they weren't doing the right thing. Yeah. Going into your real estate and construction office saying, hey, your cleaners, they're not doing the right thing. Yeah. And when you talked about possibly looking into franchising, uh, interworld cleaning, you said, you know, most franchisers aren't doing the right thing. Yeah. They're just grabbing money for money for nothing. Yeah. And... That's really refreshing to hear a business owner, you know, and certainly you could grab money and you could, yeah. you know, probably get that new Maserati or whatever it is that you want to buy, yeah. but you're not doing that. You're yeah. looking to do what's right, which is really refreshing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I looked in into the model, how franchises works. It's a cutthroat business and cleaning. People normally go for the cheapest option. And when you're the cheapest and you want to get the business, then for franchisor to make money, they have to suck the blood out of the franchisee, eventually naming them, glorif- making them glorified cleaners. 
and not business owners. And I did not like that. Right. You've got to have some independence and some autonomy. Correct. And, and, and fair wages, work-life balance, right? So you can get to choose. So there, there's so many things I, I did not like about franchising. Interworld Cleaning. You can yes. find information on that at interworldcleaning.com. And that's I-N-T-E-R. That's only one facet yes. of John Shukarov. Um, you are a huge advocate of immigrant, I'm going to say, rights and information yes. that they have. Because yes. they, when you flew over here from Uzbekistan, yes. you didn't get off the plane and they say, hey, welcome, here's your book. <laughs> you know, here, right. here's, here's what you need to know about America. Right. There is no book. There yes. is no manual. Yeah. And you're trying to change that. Correct. You're trying to write that book. Yes. And, I mean, you turned around, you've taken your experiences, you've turned it into an informational website. Yes. And that all can be accessed through ansimpact.com. And it's the called the Immigrant's Companion. Yes. It's very actually very similar. I talked to a guy named John Wojcik, who is retired military. Uh-huh. And he said, very similar to you, he said, when the military lets you out of your commitment or you uh-huh. resign or retire or whatever, they say, hey, thank you for your service and send you on their way. Yeah. But they have no real training on how to adapt to civilian life. Correct. He said, they, you know, you come out and, you know, okay, well, we're going to meet at 1,400 hours. Yes. And people are like, what's that mean? <laughs> <You know? Yes. laughs> Type of a thing. And he has literally written a manual as well on mm-hmm. how... Military, when you're exiting the military, get back into civilian life, especially for those that were career military that had no idea anything else. Yes. And I've got to imagine what the information that you have, and it doesn't matter whether you're coming from the Caribbean, Uzbekistan, or, you know, anywhere in the world. Correct. The information is is valid. And I mean, it's got to be a huge resource for anybody that's coming in here. Yes. Um, how how is that going? I mean, when when is your book coming out, and how is that all going? So yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, the we, we should publish by the end of this year. So the manuscript is finished, and we even translated into Spanish as well, given the demand and the immigrant population in here. The other languages will follow. Audiobooks will follow as well. Currently, we literally just finished the interior. Um, exterior and interior design of the English. We just need to polish it. We're working EPUB. So we're first going to polish, uh, publish the English version and then in a month or two go in uh, and publish the Spanish version of the book. The need for the book was, again, my personal struggles because I went through it. And at some point in my life, somebody came and helped me out and showed me the way. Like my cousin showing me the way, taking me to Social Security office, telling me that's important. Or when, when, I, when my first baby was born, my business uh, partner telling me, hey, open 529 plan, right? Or go get a will now because after we lost my, my brother, so there were three of us. And then tragically, my brother passed away right before I got here. And I'd seen what happens to a family when a sole breadwinner is gone anymore, right? And there's no will, nothing. The, the family is now separated. So all of those experiences, but also starting the, um, starting the businesses. And I know we can do a lot more, the, the immigrants, to this country, because this country is truly amazing. The opportunity is here for everyone. And, but if we go through this transitional path sooner, we can start contributing back to the country, but also benefiting from it sooner. So the book is 13 chapters. It literally goes from why America, the uh, types of visas, how to con- change the visas, 
And then it also goes to like cultural differences in the country. For example, in Uzbekistan, we don't walk into a place with shoes on. Or when a cop stops you, we run up to a police officer over there to show a respect. That's not going to work here. Right. No, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> I say like, sit in the car. Don't run up. Right. Um, stuff like this. Or cicadas. When first time I saw cicadas, I'm like, what is this? Or lush mountains or eagles. Right. It is just amazing. So it goes through that. And then from there, it goes to um, working here. If you want to work here, how do you find the work? How do you look for work? How do you present yourself? How do you dress for work? Um, if you come here with family, what do you do? How do you put your kids in a school? What type of paperwork they need to go in a school? But if you're a student, what do you do? What type of path does you have there? So, and it has, I pitched it with as much as useful information as I can. And from there, it's like, hey, um, now you're doing great. Do you think it's a time for you to buy a house? The wealth, building wealth versus investing or spending money is explained. And then from there, the types of entities, hey, you, if you are entrepreneur type, then there's LLC, sole proprietors, corporations, right? Then these are the advantages. Again, consult with the tax professional or accountant, but this is let it be a guide and how to pick what you want to do, how to be a little better at what you do. And then once you have money and kids and you're like, do you want to start a, like saving some money? Now we walk into the investment, like richest man on Babylon, where your money is making money. Sure. So it goes into like investment for a 1K, the regular traditional investment, cryptocurrency investment, uh, five twenty nine for your kids. How much is enough for your kids? Uh, the um, the education versus experience, and then from there it flows into a political ambitions. Like you, you don't have to. The beauty of this country is every position except two, president and VP, are open for you. And if you if your passion is to go to politics, don't don't think your experience is dragging you back because. You are now in this country. You see what doesn't work here. And you have been in your country and you know what doesn't work in your country. So that's a strength, right? You can become such a powerhouse and contribute to this country. And then from there it goes like, okay, great. We're in America now. It's an amazing country. We're all Americanized. But how about we just don't become a melting pot? And instead, we look at us like a, a salad bar where all of us bring our flavors and vitamins and make it better. But at the same time, preserve your culture, values, your language, your traditions, your respect, what you have. Because, because just because in this country, you know, the beauty of this country is it allows you to be American and whoever you are. So that's, that's, that's the beauty of you, it. You don't have to check your, your nationality or your roots. Yeah. At the gate when you come, yeah. when, you, when you land in America, you bring them with you. Mm-hmm. Information that you've got available to anybody is wonderful. I mean, I think anybody would want to take a look at that book. Again, uh, all the stuff jumps into ansimpact.com. What is that ANS Impact? Okay, A is for your name, Astro yes, John. right. S is Sukarov. Right, and N is like middle name, my father's. Okay, so. okay. and then Impact because yes. you want to make an impact. Yes. That makes sense. I look around this office, and it's a beautiful office. We're sitting here in a uh, in a green room slash studio where you yes. do some of your YouTube videos. And Correct. Your... Do you own this building? Is this how how did how did we come to this building? Yes, um, I currently own, and the building is financed by N Arundel County Economic Development, and I've gotten su- amazing support from them. AADC this... is wonderful. They they're they've got their fingers all over the county, and they just do such wonderful work. Correct. And they, they stand up for you. They, they work. They help. They actually advise and put you in touch with people. It's just amazing. I can't tell enough good about them. But also, 
there is a different mindset when people say, hey, government officials or those in the government positions, they don't help me. Yes, if you're not proactive, right? They have so many other clients. So when your mindset shifts and you're like, hey, this is my job, they're not going to fill out the personal financial statement for you. They're not going to do the research for you. It's for you to do. They'll tell you what needed. But regardless, the opportunities are amazing. So yes, this building is a revitalization building. Uh, we bought it. We paid about 330000 if I'm not mistaken. It was really outdated, wood paneling, uh, the gutted the whole thing down to the framing, upgraded the electrical, plumbing, etc. Subdivided into four uh, units. And before I got this building, I would find needles all around, half blood around the backyard. So drug need, drug use. Drug use, correct. Um, it, the building tra- got broken in once or twice, um, and it was just abandoned building. There was only one lawyer who was renting, and he was here only once or twice a week, so there was not enough surveillance for the building, or TLC given. Now that we went through all this hassle and swung the hammer and spent a probably like put about $250,000 in the building. About 50 of it was another ACR um, loan from AADC. Now this building proudly hosts three minority businesses. One is mine, which is Uzbek-owned cleaning company. The front is a storefront, El Salvadorian-owned storefront, and they sell really cool products. They actually literally fly from El Salvador. And on top is African-American woman-owned hair salon, and she just expanded. When the tenant moved out, she she got the lease for the second location as well. Yes, so... Okay, my mind is blown. I keep going back to this 2005 date. Yes. And, uh, I mean, Interworld Cleaning was founded in 2009. So, I mean, we're talking... A hand, you know, two handfuls of years. Yes. And you have come from, I don't want to discount your $200 in yes. your suitcase, but right. you've come from absolutely nothing right. to being a commercial building owner here in Anne Arundel County with, well, four, or well, three tenants, three, two tenants yes. in the building. Yes. My mind is kind of blown. Yes. Um, and, and you've been able to ferret out the different resources with you mentioned AADC I'm looking around the office here I see you've got a something from Senator Cardin yes that's over there you've got a small business association loan and I mean they tell you that America is this land of opportunity and I I think probably to a degree I mean I'm probably jaded because this is what I know but we probably really are but it's just a matter of finding the opportunities Yes, to to do it. I mean, they're not going to come to you, and and you realize that pretty early on that, you know, you're just not going to sit there and have the money just sort of you know appear yes. on your, on your bank account. You're going to have to hunt and hunt it down and shoot it. Yes, and you've turned around and put your fingers in a number of different pots. Yes, to make that happen. I, I laud you for that. Thank you. I, um, do you have any political? You talked about politics. Do you have political ambitions yourself? No, I don't. No, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat related. To Interworld Cleaning, you are in the process of launching another venture called Cleanup, and that's with a yes. K. It's K L E E N U P. Yes. As I sit here and talk with you, John, I see you know you don't you don't rest. Yes. Uh, you're you're up and you're moving and everything else. Cleanup is now going to be an app where people can find a cleaner yes. online, very similar to like I guess a Task Rabbit. Correct. It's funny because with all Annapolis, our Facebook page, and I get asked an awful lot of time, like, hey, can you recommend a good house cleaner? Yes. And as I sit here, I go, like, why doesn't this exist? And then all of a sudden, you're, like, showing up in my, yes. in my inbox going, well, okay, it does exist. 
So what? explain to me what CleanUp is all about. Yes, CleanUp is an on-demand a la carte cleaning marketplace. So the difference is, correct, there are other platforms such as TaskRabbit or Dazzling Cleaning that exist currently, but our relationship is more intimate with our cleaners. We provide them more control. At the same time, we lower the cost that the customer pays because we are micro-niching. Instead of ordering some something for the entire house cleaning, we will match you with the closest vetted available cleaner to do what you need done. For example, I had a person who called on a turkey, and it actually did happen. A customer calls um, right at the Thanksgiving, and she says, look, I was cooking a turkey. It blew out in my, um, in my oven, and it stinks. I don't want to touch it. My mood is bad, which means I'm affecting my rest of my family. Can you clean? And for a company like an Interworld, which is the legacy-style, old-style business model, it's really hard for us to move around, especially when we have so much overhead. It's a lot of coordination. So then we go back to her. We're like, yeah, sure, but you know, our minimum is $350 just to show up at your house, even if all you want is just to clean. It's just a turkey clean. Correct. So those are the cases that led me to initiate or start working on cleanup because the, the industry can be way more effective Cleaners have not tapped in into the economy, nor the customers themselves as well. If we make the happy match and get a very small percentage in between, which is only 9%, and our market works, the numbers work, our financials work, because the market is so huge. We're talking billions and um, trillions. You know, it's funny. You talk about the different cleaners, and I mean, I've had experience with, with some in the past residential that they are very, I'll, I'll say, tech unsavvy. Yes, uh, they're very marketing unsavvy yeah. uh, beyond maybe putting a magnet on the side of their car yes. uh, or jumping in yes. with a picture on Facebook yes. here and there. And this really seems ideal for for a small cleaning company that, you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know whether I'm putting words in your mouth, but yes. mean, you're finding out what their capabilities are. Yes. Uh, somebody may not be able to clean up that turkey, yes. <laughs> um, uh, but somebody, I may need my carpets cleaned. Yes. And there may be somebody that really specializes in carpets. There may be somebody that just wants to come in and tidy up. Mm -hmm. There may be some that want to do the whole deep clean because I'm Mm -hmm. getting ready to sell my house and I need everything all spick and span. Yes. I can pick and choose that and they, I guess, pick and choose like the job that they want to do. Exactly. Exactly. You're so right. what they're capable of doing, I suppose. Yep. You're totally right. So not only it's it's a win-win-win. It's a win for customer, win for cleaner, also win for the environment. Because the truck doesn't come empty anymore. So you finish the job and you go to a next job, right? So your carbon monoxide, carbon footprint is a lot less. But to go back, yes, it's the cleaners struggle with two things mostly. How to find customers and how to price the jobs. So, and, and then also collections and back-end bookkeeping. Because they don't have to do none of this because cleanup does that for them. But it's not just the mom-and-pop small cleaners. But think about the um, military wife who got relocated and now she's depressed or a student who needs a little bit of money or a a guy who's just unemployed and looking for a bridge work until he or she finds another job. So unlike Uber, we don't need the vehicle or even driver's license. Depending upon metropolitan we are operating, you might be able to get there with a public transportation and you already have your cleaning supplies and equipment to deliver the service. As far as the customer, the beauty of the customer, now you, you're not waiting, you're not addicted to your cleaner because, hey, your cleaner might not be able to do the remove the carpet spots or pressure wash your driveway. But if that's what you need and you need it now, you just beam the job and the nearest available vetted cleaner will respond to you and then you accept the one that, that matches your criteria. 
So it gives freedom for both. And cleaners will now be able to relocate to different states, just reunite with their families, or even travel and see the world and open their calendar, work a couple of hours, and then go and see the world again. Currently, we are verifying identity by QR code scanning. So when the person comes in, because some, some platforms that they did this, different people were showing up in their door, doorsteps, and home is our most sacred domain. So there's a lot of precaution that we're using. Safety of cleaners as well as homeowners is a paramount for us. And you handle you handle the financial end of that too as well, correct? I mean, Absolutely. I, I pay. I you know if, if it's going to cost me two hundred dollars to clean my mm-hmm. clean an apartment, I pay two hundred dollars to clean up. Yes. You turn around, you take your piece, and then you pay the uh-huh. the balance out to the cleaner. Okay. And because you're feeding them clients, yes. that's you know that's just a marketing expense for them. That's a brilliant idea. I, why, Thank you. Why was this? Why is this just coming out now? Yes. <laughs> I don't understand. Cleanup is working closely with community colleges as well, like Carroll County Community College is, is one of them that we're in negotiations. And they're super pumped about the idea because uh, ESOL programs and GED programs, sure. they are financed by Department of Labor. and uh, Department of Labor. I didn't know. I thought it was Department of Education. Mm-hmm. So, of course, now it makes sense for me because Department of Labor wants people to speak the language so they can find the job. Right. So if, if we cycle them through... So those who come to the community college first and then say, hey, there's a work. You don't have to wait. You can start working. Or those who skip the community college but come to us, we can send them back like, hey, you want to learn the, the language? Then we're creating win-win for the country and for the people. When you came here in 2005, did you speak English? A little. Yes, I did. You had a knowledge of the language, and there are many people that don't. I mean, so that was a little bit of a leg up for yes. you, certainly. But again, that makes, again, all the sense in the world that you're telling me about, you know, the Department of Labor, we need to make sure that we do speak English. Yes. And uh, I think, unfortunately, most people expect uh, English. I mean, I wish that we were, I wish our Department of Education would get a little bit more into the bilingualism and require uh, a secondary language. Give me one piece. I don't want you to tell me everything that you got in the book, of course. Because uh, we want everyone to buy it when it comes out. Yes. And we'll make sure that we include all the sh- links in the show notes and everything else. And, and, and as it comes out, we definitely want to follow up on that and make sure that everyone knows mm-hmm. that it's out there. But give me one piece of advice for uh, somebody that's considering coming into the United States that, you know, if you if you could only tell them you've got, you know, 30 seconds or whatever that says, here's the best advice I can give you when you come to America, what would it be? Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> That's really a loaded question. I can't respond to it. No. There was one advice. No? Okay. Well, I'll tell you, we'll throw it around a little bit here. Somebody looking to get into the cleaning industry. Yes. Same, que- same question. Do you have, do you have one, one piece of advice that, that would set them on their way to success in the cleaning yes. industry? Yes. One of the quotes that I like is, um, if you're an entrepreneur, then you want to go to the cliff, jump off the cliff, and before you hit the ground, learn how to... Uh, open your wings and learn how to uh, fly. So just do it. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I'll tell you, for folks that are listening, uh, just do this. Go to ansimpact.com. You can learn the remarkable story of uh, Asrajan Sukharov. Did I get it right again? <laughs> Close enough. Close enough, right? It will work. <laughs> Asrajan yes. Sukharov. Yes. Okay. Goes by John, shortens it up a little bit, but it's a it's a wonderful story of an entrepreneur that came here in two thousand five, and really, you know, on the way to building an empire. I think uh, we'll see how that works out. But 
Uh, and if you're in the need, certainly for any kind of cleaning services, Interworld Cleaning, which is interworldcleaning.com. And you pretty much handle, as far as the commercial cleaning goes, I mean, you handle Anne Arundel County, Baltimore, mm-hmm. some Baltimore County, sort of the, I'll say the Baltimore metro area. Baltimore metro, exactly. Um, which is which is fantastic. And keep your eye out for cleanup, which is not quite launched yet, correct? Yes. But that's K-L-E-E-N-U-P. Uh-huh. And is that the website, cleanup.com That's well? correct. An app that time has come, and I think that... Uh, I'll be, I'll be referring a lot of people to check that out when they're Thank when you. they're looking for um, you know for some cleaners for their homes or for, whether it be a one time deal or or an ongoing thing. But I want to thank you so much for Likewise. your time. I want to congratulate you on everything that you've done here. I mean, I think uh, you know when you go home at night uh, with your three young kids. I mean, I think that uh, you have every right to be thumping your chest and you know saying, "Hey, look look what I've done." I'm I'm in awe of everything that you've created and um, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Thank you for the spotlight and we will get the, um, we'll get the copy of the book once it's out, signed for you, delivered. Fantastic. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks for listening to this week's local business spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.